Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in Manila, Philippines. And uh, as we're traveling, we document our travels on our blog. We actually have documented every single day from day one, which is December 6, 2016, all the way to, you know, where we are now in mid uh, July, and you can find out all that on daddyblogger.com. We also do a lot of pictures and uh, social media. We also do almost daily videos as well, and we're doing a daily podcast. We release a new episode on iTunes every single day, and we're already at 460 episodes, and soon we'll be at the magic 500 episode mark, so we'll have a big celebration bringing on uh, you know several of our guests from previous episodes, so stay tuned for episode 500. And uh, one of the things I love to do on my show is interview fellow friends of mine, because I would say probably about 60 or 70% or even more, probably like 70% plus, are strangers who I've never met in person, uh, but whenever I have a chance to meet a friend that I've met physically that uh, we know from back home, it always brings me extra level of joy and satisfaction. So I have a friend of mine on the show here today, her name is Patty Kay, and she is a world traveler, entrepreneur, business owner, and now, as of a few weeks ago, a published author. And we're going to be finding out all about uh, Patty's travel journeys on a boat uh, around Mexico and about her business uh, entrepreneurial journey, about how she um, started and uh, you know grew her business, but also how she uh, coaches and consults people on their businesses. And finally, we're going to be finding out all about Patty's new book called The U Shape business. Uh, so Patty, uh, great to connect again, my friend. How are you doing over there in beautiful uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada? I'm doing awesome. And it's, it's so cool to be uh, chatting with you again, Ricky. Thank you so much for, for having me on your show today. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, Patty's actually spoken at a few of my events in Vancouver. Uh, we connected different business networking events. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while, though, because, you know, when you travel and uh, social media, you feel connected because there's Facebook and all, but then you kind of disconnect. So it's cool when you run your podcast because you get a chance to reconnect with uh, friends who you've lost touch with. So, Patty, uh, you know, obviously we, you and me, we know each other from, uh, I would say, at least six years ago or seven even because I think we met even before I had kids. My wife was pregnant and we met. So I've known you longer than my own kids. So that's saying something. <laughs> So, Patty, uh, you know, like for the sake of the people watching and listening who don't know you um, as well, um, why don't you share a little bit of your story and your background? Uh, sure, absolutely. Um, so, hey, I'm, I'm Patty Kay, and uh, do you want me to just, just share my travel story, Ricky? Uh, no, just or? a general, general backstory, you know, like a two-minute, like, who's Patty Kay story? I know that's probably like a, a long book memoir, but, you know, boil it down for us in two minutes, a quick introduction to who you are. Sure, absolutely. Um, former computer geek, systems analyst, uh, turned uh, temporary sailor, <laughs> turned uh, business coach and consultant, and uh, writer, blogger, and now video creator. Um, that that's pretty much my life. I'm a I'm a homebody. Live here in Vancouver, um, BC now. Uh, setting down roots with my partner Joe and our little uh, doggy Brody. That's me in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, so you actually did mention your travel journeys. And uh, one of the things we love to feature on a show is uh, travel and business, entrepreneurship, uh, authorship, etc. So 
Uh, why don't we start there? Because you did something remarkable. You lived and traveled around a boat, which a lot of people might dream of, uh, but they don't really know what to expect. And you have definitely some stories to tell. So why don't you share with us, how did the actual boat journey begin? Like, tell us about the conception of the idea and the journey itself. All right. It started over cocktails in the backyard. <laughs> Joe and I were having this, this discussion and we, we had, didn't really know each other all that well. We'd only been seeing each other for maybe a year. We weren't living together. And we were in my backyard and we were having a couple of drinks and we were just talking about life and about the things that we wanted to do. And we got into this conversation how both of us had wanted to go and do something, to travel. Uh, and the idea that, that um, you know, we were, uh, you know, in our early 40s at the time and it was like wow if, if you don't actually do something your life will go by and we like you know I, I, I don't want to look back uh, on my life at the end of it and go wow I really wish I had done something so we talked about possibilities we talked about maybe buying an RV and traveling across the country and then Joe's like no no a boat. I want a boat. I want to go sailing. Um, and so we talked about, oh, that would be really cool, like living on a boat. Who, who does that? Uh, and so we came up with this idea that we would get a boat and we would um, sail down to Mexico and we would spend some time in Mexico because I told him that one of my dreams was to live in a country where English wasn't the first language. I wanted to be surrounded in a different culture and experience something different. And uh, so we concocted this whole plan and then we said, you know what, we need to actually do this. Everybody talks about doing this thing, but nobody actually does it. And we decided to do it, uh, maybe a little bit on the impulsive side, but we did that thing. We sold, we literally sold everything. Joe put his house on the market like the next, the next um, week. He sold his business. I sold my place. Um, I, I gave up my computer um, systems analyst stuff, which I was not happy with anyhow. I was ready for a change. And uh, if you've read Tim Ferriss's book, I'm sure everybody here has about the four hour work week. He said, take a mini retirement. You can always come back and do the thing that you were doing before. And that's what I told myself. If I wanted to get back into IT, I could do that but I could also take this mini retirement because you never know if you'll have the opportunity to do that. We're not guaranteed a certain length of life, basically. Uh, so yeah, six weeks, we sold everything that we owned. We took sailing lessons. We took um, six days of sailing lessons. Uh, neither one of us had sailed before. And by the way, I do not recommend this. Um, we lived to tell about it, <laughs> but we were kind of lucky. Uh, if you're going to do a, a, a thousand mile voyage in a sailboat, it's probably better to have a little bit more experience than six days. Um, if I had a jeweler, I would have invited someone with experience to take that trip with us. <laughs> but we did it. We, we drove to San Diego and we bought a sailboat there. Uh, we practiced sailing a little bit. <laughs> around San Diego and then we we set off and we we when did we leave I think March 2008 2009 I can't even remember what year it was and um, it took us about a, a month I think to sail down um, uh, uh, 
down the um, outside of the Baja and round up to La Paz, Mexico. And that's where we, where we settled in. <laughs> and then we lived in Mexico for, for a year, mostly on the boat. Um, and a couple of times when it got really hot, we opted to rent, uh, to rent an apartment that had air conditioning. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Uh, you know, uh, the fact that you were able to sail uh, after just six days is uh, definitely, uh, don't want to say crazy, but it is kind of crazy. And uh, the fact that you survived is also crazy. And I know, uh, you know, because uh, I know you and Joe personally, there were some scary times there. Uh, maybe you can quickly share, uh, you know, some of the, the, the good stuff and also some of the not so good stuff of that journey. All right. Well, I'm going to start with the scary part. <laughs> Because this, this can happen. Um, so we set off um, from San Diego to Ensenada was, was easy. It was, it was like an, an eight-hour eight sail, and it went really smoothly. Uh, but the next hop, our, our journey was going to be a, a series of hops. And the next hop took us 50 miles offshore, which isn't, you know, it's not the middle of the ocean, but it is far enough that you don't see land. Um, so we checked the weather first because you need to check the weather and it was going to be about, you know, about three days. I think it was about three days that we were going to be spending in order to get to our, to our next hop. And uh, we checked the weather and the weather said, oh, it's fine. It's going to be good. And the first day was fantastic. It was amazing. Uh, we had a, a good wind, but not too strong. So we managed to cut the engines and we were sailing. And sailing is a lovely, lovely thing. It's quiet and you're wind powered and we were making good time and the weather was beautiful. And we were just, we were, we were sitting on our boat enjoying this and going, wow, we did it. Look at us. We're making this sailing adventure and it's awesome. The wind died down at night, just like we expected it to. The stars came out. Uh, we're just continuing along really slowly on our little, you know, we put the motor on because there wasn't any wind and we were just keep on going and looking at the stars and going, wow, this was such a great decision. Next day, it starts off wonderful again. The wind picks up a little bit. We put out the sails, we start going. And around mm, four o'clock in the afternoon, the wind started getting a little stronger. And this was fun at first because we were making really good time. We were going as fast as the boat could go, uh, which is very exciting because um, we're moving quickly. And it, it, was, it, was, um, it was awesome. It was exhilarating. And we're like, yeah, this is fun. We'll uh, make some good time and the wind will die down and we'll slow it down for the night. Except the wind didn't die down. The wind kept picking up and it kept picking up. And we had learned in sailing school that when the wind gets too strong, you should reef, you should make your sails smaller or take them down. And I remembered our instructor said, be careful, because when it comes time to reef, when you know you have to reef, it's probably too late. And I remembered what he said right while I realized the wind is too strong and we can't actually take the sail down, like the pressure on it was too, was too strong, we didn't have the experience and I was terrified that Joe might go to the front of the boat and fall overboard. Uh, it was freaky, like it was almost, almost out of our control and we're like, okay, it's evening, the wind will die down. Um, and then Joe looks off into the horizon, he says, those look like, like storm clouds, like squalls. <laughs> I'm like, great. Uh, so, 
the wind got so strong um, that I could barely keep the boat on course. Like it was exceeding my physical strength. And so we could only do an hour at a time. And what we had to do was just keep the boat pointed in the exact right direction because if wind comes on the other side of the sail, it can go really quickly from one side to the other. Um, and it jars the boat, it can break the mast, it can be kind of fatal. It happened to us three times uh, during this, this trip, it was, which was really terrifying. Uh, the wind kept up all night and we were spelling each other off an hour on, an hour off, and it was cold. It was cold and it was windy. And I was standing out trying to hold the boat on course at three o'clock in the morning. I was so tired because you can't sleep. An hour is not enough time to sleep. Couldn't fall asleep and it would be my, my turn to be on the wheel. And I started hallucinating. And I saw these monster arms coming out of the ocean. And I was like, I'm going to die. There was no land. Silence on the radio. We hadn't seen another boat in like 12 hours. Um, and we didn't have any of the safety gear that you're supposed to have. We, we had a patched up dinghy to get us from the boat to shore. We did not have a life raft. We did not have a portable radio. We didn't have any of those little beacon things to track us. Um, we could have been lost at sea and nobody would have known for weeks. Um, it was terrifying. And I, I was just standing there reassuring myself, the boat is seaworthy. The wind isn't that strong. It'll be fine. You're on course. Because the one thing about it is we were moving fast and we were getting to our destination very quickly. And, um, and yeah, the next, the, the next morning, we, we see that we're at our destination. The wind's still strong, but it's died down a bit. And we're there. Like, we're there. It's there on the map. And, um, but we can't see it because we had never actually anchored before. We'd only gone to marinas, and marinas, you can see them. There's boats, and there's signs, and <laughs> there's traffic, and there's people on the radio to help you bring you in so you can dock. And but what this was is just kind of a little hole in between the mountains that you had to find, and we, we went right past it. <laughs> then we had to turn around, and as we turned around, this great big wave came over us. Um, soaked us both, uh, soaked the whole interior of the cockpit. Our, our dog had gone crazy. We took our little dog with us. He had gone crazy during the night. He peed over everything because he was scared. Um, so we turn and we see the little entrance. We see the other boats. So we go in to, um, into uh, uh, Turtle Bay and we set down our anchor. It took us three tries to anchor uh, because this was only the first time we had ever done it on our own. Eventually, another boat took, uh, took pity on us and the guy shows up in his little boat and helps us anchor the boat because he was afraid that we were going to swing into his because he needed to leave enough, enough room. Um, so there we, there we were, <laughs> anchored in Turtle Bay. Uh, totally exhausted. Everything was soaked in seawater and dog piss. And um, I was like, wow, isn't this a life? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so the next day we, we went and we slept. The next morning we're, we're in this boat and I'm surveying the damage. All of our stuff had fallen over. It was all soaked. It was a mess. Um, and we're sitting out there like kind of, wow, nobody died. Yay. Um, and I look, and there's this, this another boat in the, in the anchorage. Um, it, 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 the anchor rope broke, and it, one minute it was floating, and the next minute, crash, like right into the shore. Like somebody's boat crashing into the shore, and like we're on the radio. It's like, whoa, somebody's just crashing into the shore. Like we need help, right? 
And the same fellow that helped us anchor the other day comes and gets on the boat with us. And he says, need to explain something to you. He says, this, this anchorage, um, they call this the cove of broken dreams. Wow. There was nobody on that boat. And he says, there's nobody on that boat. And there's nobody on that boat and that boat. They were all abandoned here. He says, people get this crazy idea. <laughs> They're going to sail a boat down to La Paz, Mexico. They get this far and then they give up. They abandon their boats. They, they take the water taxi into shore and they get on a bus to San Diego. And Joe looks at the guy and says, I can't believe that somebody would do that. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, are you telling me there's a bus? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that was, that was our, our turning point. I was ready to give up. Joe wanted to go on. And um, we did a really smart thing because I refused to go out alone again is we buddy boated. Um, we met people who were going the same direction as we were. And we stayed within radio contact with them for the rest of the voyage. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was like that three o'clock in the morning thing was my shakeup. It was like, wow, I could die. This could be my last, my last night on the, on the planet. And I was very glad to be alive when we, when we finally um, got ourselves um, secured. And I'm like, I'm not so sure this was a great idea. <laughs> but clearly, nobody died. I'm still here. I live, I live through it. And we did wind up uh, in, in La Paz. When, and we, we stayed there, living primarily on the boat for two years. Yes, this is the real Patty Kay speaking, not the ghost of Patty Kay coming back from the dead. So I'm glad you <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> it was uh, all like a near-death experience, uh, you know, and we can almost see the, the, the tunnel there. So that, that is definitely very riveting. Uh, you know, the way you described it, I could actually picture myself in the boat freaking out. And, you know, like I, I can just imagine how scared you were and like, what the heck were you doing to us, Joe? Probably a lot of blaming. And uh, you, you guys uh, have stayed together after all of these years. So amazing. Uh, you know, like you lived through that uh, incredible ordeal. Uh, and now you obviously can share about it and, you know, prevent other people from doing something silly, like, you know, not, not uh, buying a boat because sailing and buying a boat is incredible, but in terms of such a short time frame, And of course, like you said, not having, um, you know, a companion that you could radio back and forth and having those safety features in place. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> an amazing story. I've heard the Joe version actually, because Joe, Patty's partner actually shared that same story uh, at my, uh, men's group and now I get to hear the patty version. So really cool. Really cool. Thanks. For, thanks for sharing with us <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so uh, I wanted to hear about okay So you spent some time in Mexico you came back to Canada and then uh, you know, obviously you've uh, Spent several years building up your business your consultancy and then now publishing a book Tell us about the transition back uh, because you went to Mexico and uh, I didn't know if you had like a one-year plan two-year plan or We'll see what happens plan, uh, but you did come back. So tell us about that transition back to Canada. Yeah, our, our, our um, plan, if you want to call it a plan, <laughs> was to spend, yes, the plan, uh, was to spend two years in Mexico and, uh, and basically uh, have our midlife crisis. <laughs> Uh, for me, it was, it was very much about taking a break and figuring out what it is that I wanted to do next. 
uh, it became really clear to me that I did not want to go back into computer programming. Um, that was that was not uh, that that ship had sailed. <laughs> I wanted to do something else. I wanted to work more with people. And I thought, hey, you know what? I think maybe I'd like to become a motivational speaker. <laughs> Uh, so I was, you know, thinking in terms of that, about becoming a motivational speaker, and uh, at one point during our journey, I actually uh, went to a training class on how to become a motivational speaker uh, in Las Vegas. I flew from Cabo to, to Vegas and realized I didn't have any clothes. <laughs> So I wore my pajamas to the to the conference, um, and I was going to become this pajama wearing motivational speaker. And I was going to support uh, self employed home based business owners, those of us who actually work in our pajamas. Uh, that was that was my my thought behind it, and that was kind of the germ of the idea that got me started towards what I'm doing now is inspiring home based business owners to to show up and to do their to do their business to succeed at it and to, in a way to show the world that there's another way to make a living other than just having a job that it's totally possible that you can create your own business from your home um, and i thought it was all going to be about overcoming fears and things like that but when i started doing it like actually doing the speaking, actually having mastermind groups, actually working with clients uh, when we arrived back in Vancouver, uh, I discovered that what people really wanted from me was more of the how-to, the marketing advice. What do I say? How do I promote my business? Um, how do I set my pricing? What do, you know, how do I find clients? Like they were asking me these sorts of questions and I realized that Having been self-employed, as a, I've been self-employed almost my entire working life, especially you know as a computer um, freelancer for most of it, and I realized I had a, a lot of knowledge that I could share because the sales and marketing part was the hard part for me. Uh, being good at my job, being good at programming computers, required me being in a dark room all by myself with my computer doing my work. It did not involve talking to people. Um, and I had to get over my fears. I had to learn how to market myself. I had to learn how to make sales, how to talk to people. And that was frankly terrifying for me as I am an introvert. I know that's me going blah, 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 blah. People don't believe that, but I am. And I had to learn those skills. And I could really feel for the people who were asking me the questions because they didn't know and they were scared and they lacked the knowledge. So I started sharing a lot of the marketing and, and, and it became, instead of just inspiring people to go into business and take on their fears, it's more like, here are the practical things that you need to do in order to attract clients, sell your stuff and make a living at this. And that's, that's what I've been doing for the past, I'd say seven years seven years, wow, it goes fast. I've been, I've been doing that kind of work, working with clients individually. It's a combination of coaching, but, but a lot of consulting. I, I don't ask people questions so they figure out their own answers. And it's not about accountability, go out and take action. It's more like, what's going on? What's not working? Let's fix that. Um, you know, you're having trouble introducing yourself at a networking event. Let's put together a good introduction that feels comfortable for you. You're having trouble closing a sale. Let's look at our process. You don't have to use some crappy old sales script, but let's look at a process for how to do that. How do you, 
how do you have that conversation in, in a way that feels good, feels more like uh, coaching or counseling than trying to sell something? Uh, you know, what content do you write on your website that makes what you do appealing for your clients? So those are the areas that I specialize in, is you know, figuring out how to make more money, how to get more clients, how to talk about what it is that you do in a way that people listen, understand, and buy. Uh, so that's primarily where I focus my work, and that is um, all of that stuff is what I put in my book. Sounds great, and you actually have a really uh, cool term for what you do. It's called coach consulting, and uh, you know, there's obviously the two terms: is coaching, uh, consulting, mentorship, and uh, a lot of people don't fully understand the difference between those terms. So maybe you can give us a, a good definition of coaching, consulting, mentoring, and then. You have coined the cool term called coach something. Tell us about that. I actually, I actually stole it from somebody else, but <laughs> I'll claim it for right now. And yeah, it, it, it's it, there's a very distinct difference. And I have training as a coach. I did a um, I did a very extensive life coach training. Um, so I have training as a coach. I have training as a counselor as well. Um, but consulting is very different. When you get coaching, pure life coaching, it's it's about helping you figure out your own answers. As a coach, coaches are not allowed to give their opinion. They're not allowed to give advice. Uh, and, and this is totally correct. And like, I shouldn't tell anybody else how to live their life. Like, that's a really good boundary. Uh, but when it comes to business stuff, uh, some people, that's what they need. They need some coaching to figure out what they want and what direction to go into. Maybe they need um, some accountability for getting things done. So. The coach will ask you what it is you're going to accomplish and they'll check in with you and make sure you did it and, and maybe help you work through some of the blocks that came up doing it. But they're not providing practical, tactical, how-to information. They're not answering questions. They're not teaching you something. Those things are not coaching. So as a consultant, I help people fix whatever the problem is in front of them. If they're struggling with a networking introduction, I don't say, well, go inside and think about what it is that you really want to say. I say, okay, here's what you need to do. <laughs> you need to talk about what people want, what the problem is they're struggling with. You have to engage them with what they understand. You can't overload them with jargon. Here's a template. Let's fill in this template and let's figure out who your ideal clients are, what they want, what their problems are, and let's, let's actually craft this. And when they do the homework that I assign them to do that, then I give them feedback and I say, you know what, you can make this clearer, more succinct if you did this. When we do their website content, I will rewrite stuff I will bring out headlines I'll make the language stronger uh, because I see that as my job I'm helping them with the marketing and I'm bringing a skill and expertise that they don't have uh, so it's not about searching inside for the answers and it's not about taking more action on something that doesn't work it's about figuring out what works um, and how to make it work I do some training in my work with people but I do a lot of feedback and I've had people say to me Patty this is the first time I've ever had a business coach give me feedback on my homework because a lot of businesses just say here's the homework you did it yay that's great what are you gonna do next week because it's about accountability and helping people take action and there is a place for that if you know what you're doing you know how to do it and it's working you just need somebody to hold your feet to the fire and make sure that you do what you need to do a coach is fantastic for that but if you're actually struggling with the content of what you're saying or the strategy in your marketing and nothing's working doing more of it isn't going to help <laughs> so that's where I fit in is you know solving the problem actually 
helping people uh, do what they need to do and to do it well. Yeah, you did a great job of separating the two concepts and then showing how you actually fuse them together. And I think uh, clients actually need that to some degree. Uh, you know, coaching alone sometimes it isn't enough, and you know, consulting on its own isn't sometimes enough. So I love that fusion approach. And uh, you know, even me when I'm doing my coaching, I call myself a coach, but I actually do both as well. I am giving feedback. I am, uh, you know, sharing my perspective on it and dissecting what they're doing and, uh, you know, helping them find clarity and direction. So, uh, yeah, I definitely uh, can see why you've uh, borrowed the term coach consulting. <laughs> uh, so yes. actually- <laughs> it, was my, it was my coach training. They were like, thou shalt not combine the two like they were very very clear that if you're doing consulting consulting mm. is not coaching if you call yourself a coach then you stick to coaching and mm. i'm like okay i need to clarify this because i've been calling myself a coach because small mm. businesses hire coaches big businesses hire consultants right exactly um, i was calling myself a coach because that's what my small business clients were looking for so uh, i'm a little bit clearer now that yes you will get advice <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. Makes uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, your approach there. So you've put all of your wisdom, not all of your wisdom, but as much of your wisdom as possible, into book form. Tell us about the actual journey to write a book. We've talked. We've talked about your travel journey, your business journey, and I love to cover your book journey um, in terms of the whole conception of the idea and then getting it down on the keyboard. And now, you know, obviously having it available to the whole world on Amazon and Kindle and, uh, you know, signed copies, et cetera. Tell us about the journey. It is, um, it was a long one. I first conceived of the idea in 2009 when I went to a retreat with Barbara Sher and she promised to teach us how to write a book and speak for a living, basically. And I had this idea, I want to write a book about I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, I decided to get serious. I decided what the book was about and I started writing it. Uh, and it was on my list <laughs> every year. Uh, my big goal for the year was write the book, write the book, write the book. And I, I, this year I got really tired of seeing it there. <laughs> so I actually sat down and I did it. And uh, writing a book is harder than I thought it would be. I write a lot. I, I, I blog. I write a lot um, in my journal. I'm, but writing a book is actually a, is actually a pretty big process. And I really wanted to. I wanted to get it right. I wanted to have it make sense. I wanted to have the information in it that was. Um, necessary. This is not one of those books that's a bunch of fluff for marketing. And the whole purpose of the book is to have people hire, to hire me. It actually is, you mentioned earlier, all my wisdom in a book. That was my attempt with this is to, to really, I took all of the work that I do with my clients, the entire process, and I take my readers through it in the book, step by step, exactly how I do it. I provide the worksheets. There's a downloadable link with all of the worksheets um, for, for, for going through all of the, all of the steps. It's, it's the real deal. I provide examples. I did my absolute best to create a book that is as close to working with me as possible. Um, it, the information is there. The how to is there. I don't hold anything back. There's no upsell in the book. It's, it's an actual book, me getting my message across uh, it fully recognizing this has been my, my big aha for my own business is that information alone isn't enough. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, 
holding back information out of the book makes no sense uh, because the information isn't isn't enough. And one of the quotes actually I put in my book comes from Derek Sivers, and he says, "If, if more information was the answer, um, we would all we would all be billionaires with perfect abs." <laughs> <laughs> And, it, it, and it's true, this, the whole coach-salting thing uh, is, is necessary. It's necessary to get feedback, it's necessary to get support in order to, to take the actions. But the pure information, the how-to, I put it all in the book to the best of my ability. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I finally hit the publish button on it um, just over a week ago. Well, a huge, huge, huge congratulations. I know from experience writing my own books, this, it is definitely a tough journey and it's easy to put there, oh, my goal to write a book, but much harder to make that goal a reality and good on you for, you know, finishing it, you know, uh, even though it took you all those years, uh, you actually accumulated more wisdom and now it's even a better book. So good on you for completing the book. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, 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 it's, um, it doesn't seem yeah, like it's, it's exactly like you say. It's an easy thing to write on your on your on your uh, goal list, but when you sit down to actually put t- together forty five thousand words and put them in in the order that makes sense, uh, it's quite daunting. It's it's a big project. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of surprised when I was in the editing. It was like, oh wow, when I'm editing this book, I'm needing to reread the whole book over and over again it was just like well of course this is going to take a lot of time it's actually a big big project (laughs) yeah so speaking of projects you've completed this major project just uh, like you said uh, you know uh, a week or so ago Uh, so i always like to ask my guests what does the future hold you've done a lot of travel you build a successful business you publish your book now what's next uh, in terms of uh, travels life business and more I am on a project to um, annihilate all of my fears. I was on this journey um, many years ago. I, I started with public speaking, um, going to Toastmasters, overcoming my fear of public speaking. When I was a kid, I was the shy kid. I was the person that didn't um, play with the other kids. I was always on the sidelines looking in. I was the quietest kid in the class. I never, ever raised my hand to ask a question in the classroom. Um, I never initiated a conversation. I was the quiet person in the corner. Uh, and I started moving outside of that shell when I joined Toastmasters 20 years ago and overcame my fear of public speaking. And I coasted on that for the longest time because if you can speak in front of a room of people, people get a different impression of you. They, I tell people I'm an introvert, they go, no, because I can speak on stage. But what I'm not comfortable with is walking into a room full of strangers and mingling. I avoid that because it scares me. Uh, Doing video like we're doing right now scared me for the longest for the longest time and I started doing videos just two weeks ago. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna show up on Facebook live every day at 10 o'clock and I'm going to do a video because it scares the crap out of me. Um, and you know what? Two weeks later, it doesn't scare the crap out of me anymore. And I know this about taking on fears. It's like you look it in the face, you do it. Uh, one of my clients had the perfect, she says it's the veil of fear. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's 
It looks like a thing from a distance, but when you go through it, it's nothing. Um, it's scary in that moment, but once you get past it, it's like, oh, liberation. And I know that. So I'm, I'm going to be taking on all of my fears because I have this theory about business that I see this in my clients. I see it in myself. Is that there is a straight line between where you are now and where you want to go. There's a very logical straight line of what needs to be done. And we choose this meandering path to avoid the things on the line because we're afraid of them. And I'm like, wow, yeah. And it's like, and I think the trick is to move past all of those fears. Then you can look and you can go, what's the best way to accomplish this task? And for me, it's like, okay, public speaking is an, op is an option. Teaching a live workshop is an option. Well, yeah, now so is showing up live for Facebook. <laughs> it's, just, it's just all the options are on the table. And then you can make a decision based on what makes sense rather than what you're comfortable with. So um, this has kind of brought me back to life. I was, I was coasting. I was in this mm, kind of place. And it's like, no, this is, uh, I'm going to introduce some, some challenge. It's, it's like the travel, doing the, the, the sailing. It was scary. And coming through that, I learned that I'm stronger than I thought I was, that I'm able to do more than, I'm able to do a physical thing that I never thought I, that I could do. So that's what's in store for me. I've got no idea exactly what it's going to look like, but it's as the fears come up, it's going to be like whack-a-mole. <laughs> just gonna boom <laughs> so for me that the, the one i'm taking on right now is this whole visibility uh showing up being seen doing the videos being on social media all the stuff that i avoid because it's just so much easier for me to be a hermit um and and safely write stuff <laughs> write blog posts rather than do a video that kind of thing I so love that goal. I've asked that question to, you know, uh, hundreds of my guests so far and no one's, uh, you know, said it so uh, prophetically like, okay, I'm going to conquer all of my fears uh, <laughs> because we all kind of assume, okay, well, I'm going to have some fears and, you, you know, you're very bold and bold and bold in terms of declaring every single fear gone, wiped out, executed, destroyed. So I love that goal. That's amazing. Thank you. I look forward to following, uh, you know, your journey as you move the veil after veil after veil. So uh, good on you. Uh, so, Patty, uh, you know, you've been a wealth of info and inspiration and, uh, you know, uh, overcoming, uh, sharing about on our episode uh, in terms of your travels, your business, your book, and now overcoming all these fears. So tell us about how can people connect. Uh, you know, they might have resonated with the, the travel side of things, the business side of things, of course, the book writing side of things, or the fear uh, conquering side of things. So how can they connect with you and find out more, buy your book, and et cetera? Um, easiest, centralist place to go is my website, um, pattyk.com, P-A-T-T-Y-K.com. There's a, a link to the book. There's a link to my to my Facebook page, which is where I'm, where I'm putting the videos and removing the veil in front of the public. Um, I'm also posting the videos on my blog. So all the ways to, to connect with me are right on my website. It's probably the easiest place uh, for people to go to, including the link to, um, to get the book. And um, I would, yeah, I'd love to uh, connect with the, uh, uh, your followers who might be interested in the same sorts of things that I am or would like to uh, uh, 
potentially be inspired to overcome their own fears as well, because it, I think it's our fears that keep us in a limited life. And I think that anybody who decides to take on this nomadic business lifestyle and to travel the world is is doing that. You're putting yourself into new situations all of the time. For some people, it's exhilarating. For some people, it's a little on the scary side. Uh, but that's what what makes um, for a good life and the kind of life where you look back at the end and you go, wow, I have no regrets. <laughs> yes, that is the life that we all should have, a life without regrets. So well put, Patty. Uh, so uh, we'll have those links below. It's quite easy. It's actually just six letters. Normally, some people have like, <laughs> Three words, four words, uh, you know, dashes and hyphens and numbers. But you have adik.com. So one of the easiest URLs in the history of URLs. So uh, I'll have the link below just in case, uh, you know, uh, paddygay.com. And uh, Patty, just wanted to thank you and, you know, uh, definitely wishing you the best. And I look forward to connecting once again. Thank you so much. Thank you it's so been much. A, it's been a pleasure to be here. And I look forward to following um, your exciting adventures as well, Ricky. Thank you, Patty. And thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Definitely a very inspiring one. Make sure you grab a copy of uh, Patty's book. Make sure you grab a copy of our kids' book series all about exploring the seven continents. We've already done South America. We've done North America. Europe's coming up next, and we'll be doing the entire world in terms of the seven continents on a book series. And make sure you follow us along as well on our website at daddyblogger.com. And if you're interested in being a digital nomad, make sure you check out our other website, digitalnomadmastery.com. So thanks, everyone, and we'll catch up with you in the next episode. Happy travels.